the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money invested, and much, much more. What's on your financial mind? Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. So I took Friday off, and the 10-year treasury went crazy gonzo. Thanks for taking a day off, Rob, right? I'm not allowed to do that ever, never again. Lots of interesting things tied towards that concept. Ten-year treasury goes gonzo on the upside. Technically, it's on the downside. But the ten-year treasury sits at 2.86%. That's going to mean mortgages cost more, which means if it costs you more, you save less. If you save less, you spend less. Ten-year treasury goes gonzo means corporate bond yields um, will improve because borrowing costs more. They have to... Pay back more. It means companies like Verizon and AT&T, which were very, very, very attractive yields at 4 to 5%, now look less attractive when the government's backing it up at almost 3%. So you're seeing some selling scenarios. Um, the market's been volatile three days in a row. Will it hit four days in a row on the downside? I would absolutely positively have a shopping list ready if we do run into this scenario, which is what I would refer to as a uh, correction. We're 3% off all-time highs. What? 3%? That doesn't feel like much. It's not. It's pretty darn normal, all things considered. But, and here's the big but. I like big butts. I cannot lie. Um, No, 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 no. I'm not going to be a rapper. But here's a big but. Ten-year treasury improving typically means yielding higher. Typically means the economy is improving. A lot of people think the Federal Reserve is going to back away from purchasing of debt, whether it be mortgage or treasury. Ten-year treasury at 4% is normal and healthy. Ten-year treasury at 3% or 2.85% is not. But, you know, bankers will be bankers, and economists will be economists, and we'll twist this as, oh, the easy money's gone. The U.S. repurchase market, it's also known as the repo market, and this is where I'm going to get a little nerdy on you. Forgive the nerdiness. It's a market where banks and investors borrow and lend treasuries and other fixed income. It shrunk to $4.6 trillion daily, and that was down 35% from a peak of about 7.02 trillion, 4.6 trillion daily, 
world activity of banking investors borrowing. Um, fewer repos to lower inventories of bonds. Financial institutions are responding to more stringent capital standards imposed by regulators around the world. So suddenly, dealers are cutting back at the same time that volatility is rising amid speculation and proven economy will cause the Fed to reduce the $85 billion in spending every month to buy bonds. This is fascinating to me. This is fascinating to nerds. The repo market, it's shrinking as the Fed scoops up treasuries through its monthly bond purchases. Europe's pain is involved in it. A lot of regulation is worthwhile. It's long overdue. It's coming too far and too much in such a short space of time. This is pretty dramatic stuff. And the market needs a time of acclimation to it. On top of that, um, Egypt is becoming very problematic, in large part because the United States gives tanks and weapons to Egypt. We sell weapons to Egypt, and those weapons are now being used to kill their citizens. And whether you're a Republican or Democrat, that's a problem if you're in the presidency. It could have been a Republican, had it been Mitt Romney sitting in the presidency, or Obama. It's a problem when your weapons are used to kill people. Militants firing rocket-propelled grenades killed 25 police in northern Sinai. Sinai. Attack earlier today on two minibuses carrying officers occurred near the border town of Rafah, which borders on the Gaza Strip. There's something called the Suez Canal. And, you know, now we're talking about 1,000-plus people. 100 police officers, 900 civilians. The Suez Canal is right there. It's a lot of conflicting accounts. The United States needs to spend all aid to Egypt, trying to pressure authorities to stop the killing, trying to say, oh, hey, put some elections in place. Let's keep that Suez Canal flowing. A lot of oil flows through the Suez. The administration of the United States, you know, Barack Obama's administration proposed $250 million in economic assistance compared with $1.3 billion for the military. So we want to continue sending money. We just don't want to continue doing a relationship with, with, with weapons. Egypt has been pretty much so pro-democracy, pretty much so, for many, 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 many years. And it's kind of kept the Gulf stable along with Saudi Arabia as far as getting oil out of their lands and into our automobiles. S&P 500 is up 2 today, the Dow's up 10, the Nasdaq's up 18. Let's see what else we got. More and more talk about the Twitter IPO. Now that Facebook's gotten above its IPO price, people are starting to think, you know, Twitter come public, Twitter come public. Please. <laughs> we, we need investment banking dollars, right? So we're hearing more about that. Facebook uh, traded uh, 39.32 last week, so it did get above its range ever so slightly. <clears throat> oh, oh, oh! There's going to be a gold iPhone. I know, right? And a silver iPhone. 
And this is pretty much so um, pretty hardcore leaked at this point in time. And what's important to note about that is um, I think it's pretty cool. Some of the leaks show photos of a gold mat and a silver mat, so it's not like audacious gold. And they'll still come in black, white, gold. So they're introducing what looks to me as like jewelry colors. Um, <clears throat> and if you think about it, you see a whether you're a hot chick or a hot male. It's a, let's say you see a member of the opposite sex that's really good looking. And they pull out this black brick or white brick. You're like, oh, that totally clashes with all their jewelry. and It's, it's like an accessory, right? I kind of like the idea. And we don't know enough about it at this point in time. But let's just say, could it, re- could it retain value if they put precious metals on it? Probably not. But maybe the perception would be. Um, interesting, right? Much to talk about. Much to talk about. 800 1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800 1220 Anything you want to talk about today, we can talk about. Talk about Apple. Talk about Pandora. Talk about Fox Sports 1's definition of fun. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. Deals that are going to continue to climb here. I don't see... Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I pride myself on the show being your show. Apple stock up eight bucks today. Is it the gold iPhone? Is it the silver iPhone? Is it the fact that the movie Jobs bombed? It bombed hard. Oprah Winfrey helped the butler make number one kick ass two. Disappointed. Jobs massively disappointed. Oh my. I guess they started making that when the iPhone was the the Apple stock was at seven hundred, right? Seems like timing was all wrong. SP 500 up 2, the Dow up 3, the NASDAQ up 17. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. That's CFP Chad Burton. I recently saw a new study out that teachers are no longer teaching cursive. They're now teaching typing in second and third and fourth grades, in large part because cursive is going the way of the dodo bird and computers. That shocks me. Earlier in my life, I would have said that would never have happened, like, Cursive will be here forever. It's part of the mainstream. But the more things change, the more they actually do change. 
CFP Chad Burton, is there any truth to that statement? The more things change, like we just, we have to stay on our toes as investors. We have to be vigilant. We have to stay on our toes with money. Yeah, I mean the, the I mean a big shift that's that's happened. Um, gosh, when I first got in the business, Rob, we used to have to wait quarterly for the Morningstar reports to get fund rec- to to look at fund reviews. Yep. And we would get the pamphlet in the mail on a quarterly basis, and you know have to read every page. It wasn't going online and searching for the ticker ticker symbol. Um. And then, you know, back when asset allocation kind of started, it was you know, 10% international. Now it's more like a younger, more aggressive person would want 20 to 30% international exposure minimum just because the world is becoming so global. Um, and then 2008 and nine, when the market corrected drastically, that's one year where asset allocation, because of the debt crisis, where there wasn't really a cushion. Everything just sold off and went off a cliff for a short period of time. The one thing that stays true through that whole period of time is that when you get rewarded, it's typically when you're doing opposite of what the masses are doing. Right. So when your emotions tell you to sell and you're scared and all your friends are selling, you should actually think more rationally in terms of there's going to be value so soon. So get your shopping list ready. Um, there is more volatility in the market, but that whole idea of buy when other people are fearful still stays the same. It's interesting because when I got in the industry, there was something called a Quotron. I don't know if you remember those. <laughs> They're like these big walkie-talkies that would get stock quotes yeah. through, through radio waves, like pre-internet. Right. Pre-internet, and that's you know otherwise you had to wait till the next day to see where the stock market closed um, in the newspaper, which is pretty darn weird um, because there's now too much information. So anyway, I guess what I'm getting at is like. Things changed, Dad. I remember in the 1990s saying Tyco's a great company. You know, Bear Stearns, they'll never go out of business. Lehman Brothers have been around for 100 years. You can invest in some Lehman. Um, but some of these maxims or some of these thoughts will kill you. And again, it's great to have things that you believe in, but you have to be flexible. Right. Well, you know, a lot of people, too, believe in the the financials, you know, need to lead the markets. Well, when financials are done and everybody's finished refinancing their mortgage, which has caused a big you know, revenue boost to a lot of financial companies, where's their revenue going to come from if we're going to be at very low interest rates for a long period of time like Japan has been? Now you're killing me because I believe financials have to lead the market. I know. We'll see. Will that change? Will financials be as profitable if they're just strictly in the banking business? I'm not talking about the investment banking side because we might get more of a separation mm-hmm. and regulation in that front. So the traditional banks that take deposits and then lend money, at these low rates, how are they going to grow revenues like they have in the past if people stop refinancing their mortgages and that whole wave ends? That's, that's what we're going to have to find out. What will be the next market leader? Okay. So any final concepts you have about like revisiting some of your notions? Like, I kinda, I, the one that I get tired of is hearing people on radio say buy and hold is like buy and hope or it's dead. I think you can accumulate assets. I, I really still think you can accumulate. I think you can hold companies like Visa for 100 years, probably. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> you always have to probably. But you, you have, you know, yeah, Ford can come in and change the way people do transactions. There's no doubt about that. But do I think Visa would adapt with it? Sure. I think they're one of those, you know, beasts in the jungle who can evolve, um, where some companies can't evolve. Yeah, but at the same time, a lot of companies, like, look at Target and their red card. They come out with their own debit card. It gives you 5% on everything you buy. So why would you use your Visa when you can get your own Target card if you're going to shop at Target? So things can change. It's 
one of the things you always have to look at is is well that Target card does the transactions through Visa's payment network. That's why you buy Visa. They're a payment network, not a credit card. It's a debit card. It goes right to your bank account. Okay, the debit card. <laughs> so debit card uh, transactions count too. Yeah, just not as profitable. But yeah, things things do change, and that's why you can't stuff yourself in a box in terms of investor. Because there's investors, and there's firms out there that say all we do is index investing and we rebalance quarterly, or firms that say all we do is find the best managed mutual funds, or firms that only buy individual stocks. I like all those areas for different pieces. I like to have my individual stocks when I'm looking and screening for dividend increasing stocks. Yep. I like my index funds for large and mid cap, and I like my managed funds for international emerging markets and any of the alternative spaces. Uh, so I like them all, and depending on what macroeconomic environment, I'll overweight or underweight in those different strategies based on what the, the macro environments tell me to do. I knew one fund manager or portfolio manager. He had nine different scenarios, market neutral, market cold, market hot, and, you know, what type of stock do you want? Growth, value, income, and like he, he had these little boxes that allocated everything for him. I thought that was a little bit too uh, rigid, but... But that said, if it works for him, it works for him. Well, now what are you doing? Are you market positive but interest rates declining? Are you market positive but interest rates increasing? There's so many different scenarios you can go. You have to set an investment policy, though, that says in any asset class, you can only maximum overweight to a certain percentage or maximum underweight to a certain percentage so you don't end up being wrong because of your internal beliefs or emotions at the time. Uh, for example, you know, rarely am I going to take more than, than have if, if things look bad – I'll shift asset allocation, but I don't want to have more than a lot of, say, 20% in cash. Because that's when you, when you go over those limits, that's when you're typically wrong. Speaking with CFP, Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Zillow operated the largest U.S. real estate website, agreed to acquire StreetEasy for $50 million in cash to expand its coverage of the New York market. StreetEasy has about 1.2 million monthly unique users. So if you're into real estate, this is one you want to go figure out quickly. It's real estate shoppers in New York regions that have kind of cracked the code on a local network. Every New York broker is active on StreetEasy because of the site's large audience and comprehensive data. Zillow competes with Chulia. Each calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Don't forget, coming up in a little under a month, big event in Los Gatos on retirement planning. Sign up today at robblack.com. It's robblack.com.
Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. My man Warren Buffett disclosed over the weekend that he's bought into oil sands producer Suncor. Why is this important? Well, this is actually kind of old news. Not over the weekend, but Thursday, I believe it was. He injected himself into a hot environmental debate. So, by announcing his holdings, which he does on a quarterly basis, that he owns over 5% of, he basically bought $524 million of Suncor. It's a Canadian oil company that derives most of its current oil production and future expansion plans from Alberta's oil sands. Preventing oil sands expansion is the main reason why environmentalists are urging President Barack Obama to reject the Keystone Pipeline. The controversial $5.3 billion project slated to carry oil from Alberta to the Gulf Coast. Oil from the oil sands region is thought to emit 17% more greenhouse gases than traditional crude. Oil in the oil sands is dirty. It's got sand in it. It takes longer to refine. So you and I go, we want cheap gas, but how do we get it? Buffett's now a major player in the debate, and his investment in oil, in general, will draw criticism. It's investing in climate change, a lot of people will say. It's not ethical to try to profit off of even the same companies that are destroying the climate, some will say. I try to put politics aside. Sometimes it's possible, and sometimes it's impossible. Buffett bought Suncor to help ensure a steady supply of oil for his railroads, Burlington Northern Santa Fe, for them to continue to move. You know, that's kind of odd concept. Oil sands producers have been in a bit of a bind. You know, moving oil out of Alberta has caused a buildup of oil in the middle of the continent, depressing both oil prices as well as stock prices of companies in the space of moving oil from point A to point B. But Suncor doesn't have the same transportation issues as some other oil sand producers do. So there's a bit of a value play going on there. I find debate like this to be fascinating. I find it something to help move us as a society. But Maybe I'm wrong. Just got an email from Shock. I'm thinking of transferring a rollover IRA account. Um, I think anytime you make a move in money management issues, whether you're at a company with 401k, 403b, 457, and let's say you leave that company, let's say you're working at Siemens, and they downsize you, and now you have this mass amount of money that you've accumulated for years of working there, and then you get downsized. What do you do with it? I tend to recommend that you accumulate wealth is the first concept. Are you wealthy or not? You should have the answer to that, not me. Do you have enough money to live off till the day you die? Um, that's one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is, is it a large enough asset that if you messed it up, you'd be distraught? Is it 
mathematically $250,000 or more. I tend to find that wealthy people have roughly 250k liquid. Um, and that's when you want to look for professional management if you leave a company. Otherwise, you want to roll it over into a self-directed IRA, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, Vanguard, all great options. Then you want to diversify with some small cap, mid cap, large cap, emerging, and some sort of income. You could start at 20% allocations in each and then refine it based on your risk profile. Then you want to rebalance it on a regular basis. So maybe set up an auto rebalance inside your low-cost, low-fee brokerage, TD Ameritrade, Vanguard, or Fidelity. Schwab's a good option as well. I should throw them in, not insulting Schwab. Got an email from Dan. I recently started listening to your podcast. I really like them. Very informative. You're coming from the aspect of common sense and pragmatism. Blah, 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 blah. This is refreshing change from the so-called finance gurus. First and foremost, the so-called finance gurus, they're not gurus in any way, shape, or form. The Susie Ormans, uh, the Tim Kramers, they're a lot of times the church what's working now. And then you get into the Kiyosakis, who's just a joke of an infomercial. And I will gladly put up my performance versus his performance if you strip out his revenues from seminars that are sold to basically stupid people looking to get rich quickly. Um, he says your, your conversational stream of consciousness style is welcome, although I notice you have a habit of jumping around topic-wise, but I've come to see that as an endearing quality. It, it's actually, what I try to do is a circular story versus a linear story. I do circle back for a reason. He said, I happen to download some of your older podcasts on iTunes in particular, the I Hate Everything episode. The hate was palpable, if not visceral. Apparently, we both hate many of the same things, so there's that. Um, the I Hate episode was pretty bizarre, and I'll, I'll explain to you why. Um, I did an episode on radio once that's on iTunes, and you can go back and find it. It's literally called the I Hate episode. What was interesting about it, in my opinion, was that I hate the TV show Sex and the City because Sarah Jessica Parker, horsey face, um, pushed buying $400 shoes on women in their 20s and 30s. It was a show that was about sexually empowering women, which is great. I'm fine with that. But a lot of it was done through fashion as well as, you know, just everyone's on the same playing field, which I truly believe. What's interesting to note about that is, again, the the materialism of the show. I'm not really all that angry with the TV show. Like, I don't see it and go, I want to punch you in the face. I'm not like that, but I do think that we do, as a society, note ridiculous things. Um... And we pursue ridiculous things. So I think there's nothing better than, you know, camping in the woods. Now, do I also like five-star resorts? I do. But I have the wiggle room in my portfolio. I have the wiggle room in my budget for five-star resorts on occasion. But also, I, I get it unplugged. I adore. So Jeff Bezos at Amazon.com. 
It's interesting. First and foremost, one of the things that I want to like throw out as a concept here is Amazon has been a rock and roll star as far as investment goes. Jeff Bezos, some people would say, is the new Steve Jobs. If you take a look at the stock, it's off its all-time high of 313, but it's also managed to reinvent itself numerous times in numerous ways very silently. It's based out of one of my favorite cities where if I were under the age of 40 and not quite accomplishing what I want to accomplish in my life, I'd consider moving to Seattle. The stock has gone up even in the face of us paying taxes. So the deals that were at Amazon when we weren't paying state sales tax, even though you were supposed to pay state sales tax, that's kind of gone away. Best Buy is slated to release numbers today. And an analyst came out and said, you know, it's a buy. The, you know, the warehousing effect of Amazon is starting to wear off, and the gross margins of Best Buy are starting to stabilize. They're not discounting as much. So that's interesting, right? So I'm going to watch Best Buy today to see if Amazon has got a weakness. They got the Kindle tablet, which is cheaper than that iPad, and, and let's face it, that's a story right there. That's, you know, part of a a reason to buy a stock. There's a store. they got product. Anytime there is a story leaked, you will never, ever, ever hear Amazon comment. Not even their PR team. It's an incredibly secretive company, which, again, you don't think of Amazon as secretive. You think of Apple as secretive, but even Apple's PR team will say, you know, at this point in time, we have no comment. Amazon does clearly they don't have PR people because they're not even commenting no comment. I think that's a part of their culture, and I think it's pretty interesting to study. Hey, you can drop me an email, especially if it's filled with love. If you know what I mean by filled with love, because I don't. 800-516-1220, or drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Take a break here. I'll be back. Rob Black, your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. A gold iPhone is coming. Does that jones you? Does that get you juiced? Probably not that in of itself, right? Hmm. 800. 516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Twitter IPO is probably imminent as far as the filing goes. We need it. It's an awesome concept. Why do we need a Twitter IPO? People are probably going to lose money on the IPO. We all know that, right? Here's why we need it. 
Facebook's ability to drive a ton of money into advertising via mobile is why we need a Twitter IPO. We actually need more IPOs that are tied towards this market because investors have very few choices. You know, Yelp at one point in time was kind of dull, and now they're all suddenly sexy because they're in the same space as Facebook. I would probably rank Twitter's future better than Yelp's future. Maybe not as good as Facebook's future. So in an odd kind of way, we're looking for IPOs. Does that make any sense at all, or is that just talking foolish? I know Mr. T probably thinks I'm an idiot, which is fine. But we need... I know, I'm a fool. Thanks, T. But I think we need some more diversification. Anxiousness about rising long-term interest rates is playing into fears of the markets today. And that's good. I think we need a correction, whether it come sooner rather than later, or whether it come later rather than sooner. We need a correction. I'm not in the business of predicting the future based off silliness. I'm in the business of, like, you can't always go higher. You have to have controlled growth, and I think we've got ahead of ourselves for the year. We're up, you know, one point in time last month, 20% for the year. woo So to see a 3% correction is normal. Today we're not correcting. We had three down days. This is a market that seems to buy on the dip. Will that continue? I don't know. Do I think we'll be higher in 20 years? Yes. In 10 years? Yes. In 10 days? I have no clue. And anyone that tells you they do because they're using the Fibonacci retracement method or because they have a crystal ball, they're just lying. People that tend to tout themselves on a year-over-year basis, be careful. I'm kind of a big deal. People that tend to tout that they're smarter than you... Be careful. It's a game of discipline. It's a game of patience. SP 500 up 1, Dow's up 11, the Nasdaq's up 18. It's nice to see. Oh, the young and the rich. They're the people who are out buying Tesla's Model S. So, vehicle registrations, online search data has basically shown that, you know, the Model S buyer, it's 84% men, it's income is typically over 100,000, 77% of them. The age is between 45 and 64, or 18 and 44. It's not people 65 and older. Model S's versus high-end luxury stands. That's what Tesla CEO Elon Musk has tried to position the Model S to compete with pricier models. Do you get your calls in the air? It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. J.P. Morgan China probes and chill through the banks. So that's interesting to note. Why? Because that's all we need to know at this point in time. So Tenure Treasury made a big move last week, and that sent chills through the market. Um, Foreign governments aren't buying our debt. They're selling our debt. And that sent chills to the market. This is okay. It's not ideal. It's okay. J.P. Morgan China probe sending chills to the market. It's manageable. 
But it's probably the worst story there is, in my opinion. A U.S. bank and regulators probe into J.P. Morgan's hiring practices in China will have rival banks scrambling to review their own records. In order to gain influence, you have to make a political tie to business leaders or politicians. Banks around the world commonly hire people with government connections. The Communist Party in China clearly runs the country's business. Offering a job to one of their kids, it could be a potential liability. U.S. law does not stop companies from hiring politically connected executives, but hiring people in order to win business from relatives could be bribery. That's a problem. So, you got to start doing some internal investigations. If you're in Bank of America, if you're Citigroup, if you're Credit Suisse, if you're Goldman Sachs, that's no no. Big time no no. Commodities are mostly lower today with precious metals, copper, as well as other metals, platinum, palladium, crude, all trading lower. I'm good with that. I don't really see a reason for commodity inflation at this point in time. Smashburger wants to be the Starbucks of burgers. The problem with that is, is that certainly could happen, right? Because Starbucks charges five bucks for coffee when you can go and get you know coffee for twenty five cents a buck. So can we do the premium priced burger? I don't know. When I pay a premium, I prefer a good steak myself. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. We'll take a break here. Don't forget, i got a big event coming up in Los Gatos with CFB Chad Burton, a retirement boot camp. Seats are limited. The last one sold completely out. So if you're interested in the event, sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. If credit card debt has you down, nonprofit Trinity Debt Management can help. Trinity will consolidate your bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, stop collections calls, wipe out late fees, and drastically reduce your interest. You'll pay thousands less than you originally owed. It's not a loan. It's a way to become debt-free and improve your credit score. So call the Trinity Debt Relief Hotline at 1-800-936-5348. They'll explain their proven program to you with no pressure, just practical solutions and hope for tomorrow. Are you ready to pay off your credit cards in less time for less money? Then call for a free no-obligation debt analysis and become debt-free for keeps. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5348. That's 1-800-936-5348. Call now or visit MyDebtHasMeDown.com. Trinity. 1-800-936-5348. And my heart radio station. KDOW, Palo Alto, the Bay Area's business leader. A division of Salem Communications. On the NASDAQ as S-A-L-M. Good morning. I'm Chuck Kamlick, CNBC Radio. Stocks in the positive territory now. The Dow up 7, the NASDAQ 17. As expected, shares of J.P. Morgan Chase are down about 1%. The bank's being investigated here for allegedly hiring the children of Chinese officials so that it could conduct business over there, win contracts. That's taking a toll on other banks. Citigroup down 1%, Bank of America half percent lower. Shares of Zillow are down 4%. Zillow is buying New York real estate site Street Easy. Street Easy is considered to be the go-to site for property in New York.
Shares of Saks flat to lower. Saks lost even more money than expected last quarter. It had too many shoes in stock. They weren't selling anyway, even after it marked down their prices. And Google is up more than 1%. Google went public nine years ago today at $85 a share. Today it's worth 10 times that much. Right now trading at just at $870. I'm Chuck Kamlick, CNBC Radio. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Whether it be Zillow buying real estate website, Street Easy for $50 million, or Zillow doing a secondary, which, ooh, that's all, that sometimes gets people a little bit freaked out. Shrimp prices are hitting a record high. And you're saying, what? <laughs> Do you slip that in what? Shrimp prices are hitting a record high. They're skyrocketing amidst strong demand and weak supply. A disease that's plaguing the three largest prawn producers, Thailand, China, and Vietnam. White shrimp prices are nearing $6 a pound, up 56% year over year. The Cadillac of crustaceans, lobster, has been falling in price. Time is right for a Twitter IPO, so says the market, in large part because of what Facebook did for that whole sector of mobile advertising. We need more competitors. We need more players so that we don't chase performance. Warren Buffett is investing in the oil sands producer Sun Cork, contributing to the debate about environmental investing. Oprah helps make the butler number one, kick ass two, disappointed, as did the movie Jobs. Um, Steve Jobs, Ashton Kutcher, anytime he tries to go serious, he flops. Anytime he's paired with a leading lady, he does well. I'd recommend Ashton Kutcher stick with the leading ladies if he wants to prolong his acting career because uh, no one wants to see the movie. Travelers Las Vegas like to start drinking on the plane. Other than Alaska and Hawaii, which are really long flights, the typical amount of alcohol consumed, the biggest player in the shortest amount of distance, is flights to Vegas. Now, what's interesting to note is no one drinks on the way out. They have money going in. They want to party. They got no money coming out. They want to be sober. My advice is don't drink on your trips to Vegas. Why give the house an extra edge, if you see what I'm saying? Harley-Davidson blasts in the future with 2014 models. What's interesting to note about that is you tend to think of Harley-Davidson as pretty, you know, the brand is consistent, it's reliable, it's not futuristic, it's not, you know, Bluetooth. And yet that's exactly the direction they're going is better technology. They're changing their models. Better technology basically implying they're going to start doing things like anti-lock brakes, which they've never done. Surprising, right? Better ergonomics. Ergonomics? I don't want my hog leather straps to be replaced with buckles. Well, you're going to have that happen. It's an ambitious campaign to modernize, advance, better designs. 2014 models all have new versions of the Road King, the Street Glide. Street Glide Special. These sound like products that are not choppers. They're not motorcycles. They're something else, right? Listen to the names. If these don't sound dirty, 
I don't know what does. The Road King, the Street Glide, the Electro Glide Ultra Classic, the Ultra Limited, the Tri Glide Ultra. So all the brands are getting improvements. And again, that's tied towards a publicly traded company that really fell on hard times in the last year. Two years. And then it's recovered because it's got a brand. Anywhere in the world you go, there's biker bars. Anywhere in the world you go, there are people that ride Harleys. Branding's pretty powerful. And if you don't see that, you're making a huge mistake. That's one of the reasons Apple is a success is because they always had that brand of better quality. And at this point in time, they may not even have it. Did you hear the big news? A golden iPhone. Gold finger. That's all I got for you today. So the Wall Street's a little anxious with 10-year treasury. I can't say that I'm anxious about it, but Wall Street is. What does that mean? Oh, it means... What does it mean? Maybe nothing. Ten-year treasury has been higher in our lifetime. It usually is higher. And Wall Street's performed pretty well. Anyhow... Ten-year treasury last week ticked two-year highs. And that got people a little freaked out. I think understandably so. SP 500's up fractions today. The Dow's up five. The Nasdaq's up 17. Ten-year treasury sits at 2.86%. Gold down four. Oil's down fractions. What else do we need to know? Apple's surprisingly up 10 bucks today. Is the gold iPhone that fra- that fascinating? Or is this a continued play on Carl Icahn last week? That's gold. Gold. Silver. iPhone. You know, I think one of the weirder questions on this is... Will there... If they do a gold iPhone and silver iPhone, as leaked photos show... Um, if they do, will they retain value for a trade-in? Will Samsung instantly copy it? Yes. Oh, it's also released over the weekend that um, there's a very good chance that Samsung comes out with a a wristwatch in November. Not November, September. Um, Slightly before a a computer wristwatch, slightly before Apple's big hardware announcement on September 10th. So, will they steal the thunder? And Apple shares have risen from 400 bucks a share to $510 a share fast. J.P. Morgan leads the list of stocks to watch today, in large part because uh, the story that's tied towards hiring practices in China. It's not illegal to hire a political son of a, a political leader. It's illegal to bribe. It's a fine line. Investor R. Carl Icahn, not only did he move shares of Apple last week, but he also increased his stake in Chesapeake Energy uh, to roughly 10%. Chesapeake, big natural gas play. ConocoPhillips sold its assets in Trinidad and Tobago for $600 million. It's continuing to shed non-core assets. Yahoo! 
has named Maynard Webb permanent chairman. I was taken over as interim, interim chairman back in Yahoo, uh, April at Yahoo. Oh, Maynard, not the most attractive name, but I'll go with it. Has a long career in Silicon Valley, including a stint as COO of eBay from 1996 to 2006, 1999 to 2006. So um, he's got some experience, which, again, do not underestimate. Got a big event coming up in Los Gatos. You can sign up for it. The last event in Marin, in San Rafael, um, completely booked up, so hopefully this one will as well, which means you should sign up today at robblack.com. It's September 12th, a little under a month. Um, it's a Thursday evening event at the Toll House Hotel. It is a retirement workshop. Everything that you need to know, not everything, but as much as we can get out there, CFP Chad Burton, co-hosts. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Street enters an FOMC holding pattern. Good day to you. I'm Bob Moon with a bloom. A lot of talk out there about a gold iPhone. A lot of talk out there about Apple having problems producing the iPhone 5. There is talk that the 5S will instantly put the 5 to death on the iPhone market, in large part because Apple wants a lower-end product that has a plastic casing cheaper, but they want to start charge a premium for it. Still be an iPhone. Oh, man, right? So Apple's kind of juggling here. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. Twitter IP of the time is right, a lot of people say. I mostly agree with that because we just don't have choices in mobile advertising as publicly traded vehicles. Let's take a quick look at how the markets are doing today. See if we can't clean anything intelligible. Uh, SP 500 up 2, Dow down up 14, the NASDAQ up 17. Joining me now, certified financial planner Chad Burton. Chad, one of the areas that I think we could be of service to our listeners is telling them what we actually do and some of the, the tools that they could use to do it themselves. Keep in mind that it's, it's a long day, 12 to 14 hours, to be a financial planner, financial advisor, investment advisor. It, it's not easy work. It's, it's, it's very math-centric. It's a lot of research. It's staying on top of things. One of the areas that people make mistakes in is that they try to do, like, own 10 to 20 stocks. You need to spend at least two to three hours a week on any stock that you own, at least two to three hours. Yeah. So it's a lot of work when you start adding up 10, 20, 30 stocks. People can't possibly follow them. No, really. And, and, and having a portfolio that's really over 30 stocks is overkill anyways. Because okay. at that point, you might as well buy an index fund or an ETF. Because, you know, if you're going to take, let's say it's a 20-stock portfolio, you're doing 5% positions to get, you know, up to 100%. So... If you're going to take the time to do it, you want a good pick to actually have an impact on your portfolio. So, you know, we've got the whole team that, that follows the 20 to 30 picks that we usually have. Right now we have about 18 picks right. and a little bit of extra cash, but but that's a full-time job. And then we yeah. have a whole bunch of different sources that we buy in research from, including a you know $2,000 a month Bloomberg terminal sitting right there. Now, with that said, Bloomberg Terminal, awesome tool. Oh, it's amazing, yeah. It's an amazing tool. Morningstar.com is a website that you can run your portfolio through, and you can use it for free for two weeks, the Portfolio Analyzer. That's Morningstar.com. Mm-hmm. What are some other resources that people could try to tap into? 
Well, first of all, be careful of research, re- resources that are kind of the market timing type of resources. Okay. Um, you can look at what other portfolios are doing. I mean, there's, there's, there's places like Financial Engines, which helps you get an idea with creating an investment policy, for example. An investment policy is very important because it'll, it keeps you from making bets that are too big one way or the other. Okay. Because as soon as you make a bet too big one way or the other, you're typically wrong. Like, like those people that you know, totally get out of small cap and mid cap because they're super scared, usually they're super scared after one or two years of bad returns, which are then followed up by some super big returns in those areas. That's just how small cap and, and emerging markets work, for example. So you create an investment policy statement that says, you know, here's my pie chart. This is what I'm going to invest in between small cap, large cap, mid cap, international, commodities, real estate, bonds. And you might allow yourself to overweight 10% above or 10% below your investment policy that you have. Sure. But don't go over that. It kind of forces you to sell, and that's the hardest type of t- uh, part of investing. Buying's easy. It's fun to find that sexy ETF or the fund or getting into tech or whatever you want to be in. People ask me when to sell. It's, it's, to me, it's the same reasons for when you buy, mm-hmm. but opposite. Right. I like the CEO. I like the margins. I like the revenue. I like the earnings. I like the profitability. So you would sell if the CEO leaves or if the margins deteriorate or if the revenue declines. Like It is easy if you're a robot like me. Yeah. Well, the emotions kill investing. So the best way to invest is just do what the opposite of what your gut says. You're probably going to be better served. But investment policy, if you're doing funds and ETFs, it says I'm going to uh, my weighting is 25% in large cap, for example. And yeah. That's not what my recommendation is. But let's say it's that. If that goes up to 35%, you need to trim it. You need to sell some of that growth and put it back to somewhere that didn't do as well. Because if you have growth in one area, you're going to have a decline in another, and that's when you want to rebalance. Or if it's an individual stock portfolio, and let's say you're doing 20 stocks, that you're buying at 5% positions, as soon as that hits 7%, peel the 2% of the gain off. Peel that off and rebalance so that you're taking the house money off the table. Selling's okay. Yeah, sometimes it means you're going to pay taxes, but that means you've had a gain. I'd rather have pay taxes on a gain than try to write off a loss. Okay, short answers here. What do you think about Barron's Magazine? I like Barron's, especially when they kind of play the devil's advocate. So when they see a lot of stuff in media that's really you know, touting a, a certain trade or a sector, they'll come in and be the devil's advocate. Investor's Business Daily. Um, it's okay for general direction. Um, if you're more of a short-term investor, it, I think it's a great tool. But it's probably the third or fourth place that I'll read. How about Wall Street Journal? like the Wall Street Journal, especially on the personal finance articles. And the overall global news. How about something like Wired Magazine, which shows future tech trends? Uh, useful or not? Uh, it's, I think it's more useful for somebody that's like investing in that or working in that yeah. area. I um, used to um, – I actually got one of my cheats was the, in the early 90s. They did an article on there's going to be this super fast technology called DSL. And <laughs> instantly I, I go, I go – and it, before Google – I, I go to the internet, I type in DSL companies, and I, I found a cheat sheet on companies that were going to be offering a super fast internet. And a lot of them did very, very well for me, but I couldn't possibly recommend that as a, a tool that's going to work each and every time. Yeah, yeah. How about Value Line? You a Value Line guy? Love Value Line, especially for the, the, the more mature investor that's looking for the dividend yeah. growers and buying stocks that, that kind of are in the more stable area. Yeah. Um, another new site that I absolutely love is briefing.com. I go to that every morning. It's one of the first places I go. Yeah, and so that's not cheap uh, to get a professional service, but yeah, it, it, it's worth it. If you can, like, maybe if you're in an investment club with 10 of you, you'll pull your money, pull your resources. And that, that's something I recommend, pooling resources. And I think investment clubs are a great idea for people too, Chad, because it teaches you that we're all different investors. And, for instance, I, I once did an investment club with women, and they were the more mature women, if you know what I'm saying, um, i.e. elderly. Uh, one woman in that group was just as biggest, nastiest 
B-I-T, and I'm not going to you know, go there. But, <laughs> and no one liked her, but she was probably the best investor because she would always bring up the negatives. It's easy to find the positives, but to find the negatives is a lot more difficult in this society. Yeah, you know, an investment type of a committee like that, when you're, when you're working with other people, it's, it's almost like an argument. I remember I hired uh, one of our analysts in one of the, after one of the first investment policy committee meetings that we had, where yeah. we go in and argue our case. He came into my office and said, I don't think the meeting went very well. Is there something that I did wrong? I mean, it seems like you were really mad at me. And I'm like, no, you can't take that stuff personally. If you come up with an idea, I'm going to try to shoot it down until you can convince me that that's the right idea and you have, you know, uh, your, your theory is right and you believe it's right. In hindsight, was Chicken Little right? <laughs> no, no, I don't call him Chicken Little, but I know who you're talking about. <laughs> With that said, that's certified financial planner Chad Burton. You can find him online at chadburton.com or newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And you can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Don't forget, this is not a game of trying to hit home runs. This is a game of trying to get to retirement without making massive mistakes along the way. It's a game of asset allocation, diversification, trying to keep your cost low. Biggest mistake I see is people swinging for the fences. You can find me online at robblack.com. Don't forget, got a big event coming up in Los Gatos in a little under a month. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. A thousand people are dead in Egypt so far from the political unrest. European Union diplomats are meeting today to discuss coordinated response to the situation. The 28-nation bloc said it would urgently review relations with the Arab world's most populous nation. Um, it is dramatic to see. It is upsetting for Wall Street to view. In large part, we know that the weapons Egyptians are using are U.S. manufactured. How does that make you feel? Whether you're President Barack Obama, Democrat, or President George W. Bush, Republican, whoever was in power when this happened is going to catch some heat on what are you going to do about Egypt now? It's neither Republican or Democratic issue. It's we've put weapons in the hands of people that are killing innocent people. Civilians. Maybe not innocent civilians, but civilians nonetheless. Um, that's dramatic, right? As a nation, we arm Egypt with enough tanks to take on an alien invasion. It's that kind of crazy. Why? Because we want Egypt to have our back and protect oil in the world of the Middle East where the U.S. has some enemies. So that's working on the anxiousness of Wall Street. We had three days down, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. 
And that has people going like, hey, is this the correction? Is this the beginning of the end? Sell now. Sell in May. No. Buy in May and April and June in July. But sell in August. That's new. Sell in August. September looks worrisome. we got the Fed tapering. Will they start cutting back on purchases? Probably. That's the thought. We've got the 10-year Treasury. Tick, 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 tick. It was basically range-bound between 1.5, 1. 1.6% 1. to 2.5, 2.6%. And now it's ticked above that into the 2.86% area. So your return on your money is getting better, which implies the economy is getting better, which implies the job market is getting better, which implies, hey, retail should be great, but retail has been stinky. NASDAQ's up 17 points today. Why? Why is the NASDAQ up and the Dow and the SP 500 struggling? Apple. They've slightly released, not they, but some's released some photos of a gold iPhone and a silver iPhone that's not as tacky as you would imagine. And it's more of an accessory. That's interesting. Banks are under criticism today, in large part. How are they hiring in China? Are they bribing officials of the Communist Party by hiring their children? Or is that just come with the status quo? Facebook's hired today, IBM's hired today, and Apple's hired today. Other than that, like look at some of these numbers. And you see Bank of America and Disney both lower, Chevron and Exxon lower. That's clearly why the Dodger Industrial Average not doing all that great. So there's some anxiety out there, and I'm good with that. We haven't had a correction of 10% in a long, 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 long time. Or... As the commercial goes, a long time. We need a correction. Corrections are normal and corrections are healthy. So a couple of things to think about today. You know, how are you positioned as an investor? One of the stories that hit over the weekend I found interesting. This teen USA says someone hacked her bedroom computer webcam and got photos of her, and they're trying to bribe her and blackmail her. Security is not going to go away on computers, nor cybercrime. It's just not going to go away for a long period of time. So, as an investor, that's a trend. A lot of people are embarrassed. She's coming out, and she's you know flat out saying, uh, I've been blackmailed. Good for her. Anxious about the Fed is the big story of the day. Will they or won't they? The direction of interest rates will be closely be watched all week long. The release of the minutes from the last Fed meeting on Wednesday is going to be a big one. The Kansas City Fed's Jackson Hole Symposium on Thursday, where we will try to glean information on will they or won't they. Will there be a tapered announcement that comes out of their September 17, 18 meeting? A lot of people are looking at September as the key event where the markets pull back. Because if the Fed tapers, because a new Fed president will be put on display, will it be Janet Yellen, who the market seems to want? Or will it be a political appointee who the market does not seem to want? No economic data out there to analyze today. None. Zip. Zilch. I wish there were, because days like this are kind of dullard. For me, at least. Other stories of note today. 
um, shrimp prices are rocking and rolling. I know you're saying, why do I care about that? Because it's a good lesson, and we should all pay attention to it. You know, shrimp prices, whether they go up or down, tied towards supply and demand, we as investors need to understand supply and demand, and we need to embrace it, and we need to teach our friends and fellows to embrace it as well. In large part, um, that ties into the story about Facebook. Facebook reports a great quarter with mobile advertising, and you're like, but the price is too high. So I'll go buy Yelp, or I'll go buy Groupon, someone else in this area. Zillow's out there. You know, Zillow, who are their competitors in the world of real estate information online? Trulia? So there's the supply of how many companies in a sector play into the supply of the companies and the demand. And when Facebook increases the demand across the board, you want some publicly traded options, and that's why a lot of people want Twitter to come public. So shrimp prices are up 56% year over year. Thailand, the world's largest shrimp producer, has been hit the hardest by a disease that's sh- shrimp that's crimping the shrimp harvest, right? Uh, they supply about 30% of the tropical shrimp to the United States and the European Union. Each year, Americans eat an average of four pounds of shrimp per person. But consumption will probably drop in 2013 due to the explosive price, explosive growth in prices. Now, you're saying, how does this hit me? Darden Restaurants. Darden Restaurants owns Red Lobster. Darden also owns Olive Garden. They said higher food costs. You know, they're going to cut into future sales. And it's going to eat at their margins. Shrimp is the most popular protein at Darden's. So their costs are going up, so their profits are going to go down. What's interesting to know about that, meat prices. Oh, I went to a butcher counter yesterday, and the guy says, we've got a sale on filet. I'm like, how much? $19. Holy mackerel. Price of red meat's gone up. Chicken. We're going to see a lot of demand for chicken, a lot of demand for pork. There are publicly traded ways to invest into that angle. Lobster, on the other hand, which um, average four-ounce lobster tail costs about thirteen twenty-five. That still costs more than two pounds of shrimp, but it's the lowest price in lobster in 11 years. We've had warmer water and fewer predators disrupting the abundant supply of lobsters. Lobsters once were a food that, believe it or not, when the pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock, um, they were so abundant in Massachusetts, there was like, they were two feet high stacks on the shore. They would just wash in just crazy amounts of, of lobster on top of lobster. So the American Indians actually used them as fertilizer. And now we're paying 13 and a quarter for a four-ounce lobster tail. Right? So the oversupply now of lobster, because the prices dropped so much, has allowed Maine to do a recently approve basically a $2 million campaign to promote their lobsters in the United States and abroad. Oprah's The Butler shows that Wall Street's got it all wrong. Not Wall Street, but Main Street's got it all wrong. That Hollywood's got it all wrong. The Butler, not a big budget film. Pulled in $25 million this weekend. So Weinstein Brothers did well. 
Kick-Ass 2 was 10 million short of expectations. It was pull, supposed to pull in 25 million. It pulled in 13 million. Steve Jobs, no one cares about the movie. Everyone loved the dude, and everyone loved the product while he was live. A biopic uh, with Ashton Kutcher launched at an underwhelming 6.7 million. A new thriller starring Liam Hemsworth called Paranoia pulled in an embarrassing flopping 3.5 million. Uh, so Hollywood's got their product on the incorrect side right now. They've had a bad summer of massive summertime flops. Disney with the Lone Ranger this year. Uh, what the White House movie, White House Down, massive flop. Harley Davidson is blasting the future with anti-lock brakes, more powerful headlights, um, easier ergonomic designs, which you don't think of Harley as ergonomic, but I guess you will now. That stock, huge winner, and then it just massively fell apart as discretionary spending fell apart with the recession. It's back. Once again, telling you that brands win. Got a big event coming up in Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel. It's a hotel made out of cookies. Um, You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's coming up in early September. The last event sold out. This one likely will as well. So make sure you get your seats today. Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This Bay Area update is brought to you by Garmin. We're still looking at a lot of stop-and-go traffic. Eastbound 24, bumper-to-bumper from Highway 13 towards the Caldecott. Northbound 13 is jammed from Moraga as a result. Headed out towards 880 northbound where it's jammed from 98th Avenue to 5th and Embarcadero. In San Mateo, we're seeing slow traffic in both directions of 101. Southbound is slow from Poplar to Hillsdale. Northbound is jammed from 92 to 3rd Avenue. Northbound 17 before Granite Creek Road and Scott. Valley Drive. All lanes are cleared. This is after an early morning overturned vehicle. We're still seeing delays from Mount Herman Road. The Bay Bridge Toll Plaza is still a solid backup from West Grand. Hate traffic? Don't hate. Drive happy. Get a Garmin newbie with subscription-free HD digital traffic and avoid traffic and construction delays with updates delivered as often as every 30 seconds. Drive with Garmin, the most trusted name in GPS. For more traffic information, log on to SigAlert.com. I'm Karina Velasquez with your Bay Area Traffic. What are you going to do with your old car? You can try selling it. You could junk it. Or you can donate it to Heritage for the Blind. Your car will be towed away for free, and your donation is tax deductible. Just call 1-800-943-1356. Heritage for the Blind accepts cars, vans, trucks, and boats. It doesn't matter if your vehicle runs or not. It'll be towed away for free, and you'll be supporting those that need help. Heritage for the Blind is a nonprofit organization that helps the visually impaired live fuller lives. Call right now to donate your car, and as a special thank you, you'll receive a free three-day vacation voucher to over 50 locations. Call Heritage for the Blind right now. Call 1-800-943-1356. Donating is easy, and your vehicle is towed away for free. Plus, you'll get a free vacation voucher for donating. Call now, 1-800-943-1356. That's 1-800-943-1356. 
flooring sale alert from Lumber Liquidators. For a limited time only, we're offering unheard of flooring deals at every local store. Get 20% off any laminate floor. Pre-finished hardwood from 99 cents a square foot. In your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. There's been a lot of talk recently about tech companies killing cable TV with internet-based TV. Internet-based TV. Whew. When you sign up for TV, when you sign up for internet providers, there's this stunning, like, do I do Verizon? Do I do Comcast? Do I do Satellite? Do I do fiber? Do I do... Who does my internet? Like, it's it's all freakish. It's, it's intense. It's a lot of money. Apple's been taking a very slow and steady approach to TV, which I think makes sense, because a lot of people think it's going to be Hulu, Netflix, and uh, Amazon that dominate the app world of the future of TV, where channels go bye-bye. Spending a day crunching the numbers on each option, you know, it feels like a waste of an afternoon. Who does your internet? Who does your TV? So, for two years, do you want the high end, the low end? Do you want to commit to a phone company? Do you want to commit to a cable company? Do you want to have a DVR? Do you have to have the golf channel? on top of Major League Baseball. Like, I want baseball for sure. And I can get most of the NFL games on, you know, NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox. But then you lose the ESPN. So you have to have ESPN. So $3,100, $2,800 for 24 months starts to add up, right? Will Intel, Sony, Google, Apple, Microsoft crack the code? Most of their plans are pretty secretive. From what is reported out there, Intel's going to offer a premium internet-based TV service. It's going to require a pretty strong internet connection. And that's where the cable companies still dominate, as does the teleco-based Verizon. So if Intel's TV service is a hit, then what's going to happen to your internet price? It's probably go up. Because... The Verizons and the Comcast don't want to lose that. Google's reportedly kicked around doing a web-based TV service. Sony has started securing rights for a web-based TV service as well. Will it be the smart TV, or will it be you know, a dongle-based Google Chromecast, or will it be a dongle-based Apple TV, or will it be a whole new TV made by Apple? Apple and Microsoft are trying to, you know, route shows through your current cable company. Um, Microsoft does it with the Xbox. Apple does it with Apple TV. So they want to play along. Then there's the disruptors like Netflix and Amazon. If people start cutting the cord to use just Netflix and Amazon, they eventually will get content with that, right? Is the thought. Cable company is going to have to figure out a more user-friendly solution to pay TV. So it's not an end game of winner-takes-all, but companies like Verizon Comcast, I think they're going to continue to dominate pay TV for 
at least another 10 to 15 years. But then the game changer starts to happen. We'll see. And that's why people pay a premium for Netflix. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. And why do I say 10 to 15 years? Because people like me love our cable. And companies like Sprint um, do a very, very fine job of offering unlimited data, which some people are like, I'm good with that. Unlimited data, I could watch all the apps I want. And quite honestly, some great TV is on Netflix and Hulu, as well as Amazon. Some great television. Breaking Bad. Did you see that episode last night? Who saw that? Incredible performance by probably the most hated character on the show. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to leak anymore. Don't get mad at me. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Okay. I'm not a big waster of money. Some people would call me frugal. I wish that wasn't the case, but uh, it's kind of sticking with me. Um, Let's take a look at some of the market numbers, shall we? Yeah. SP 500 down one. Thank you. I was waiting for that. SP 500 down one. The Dow down 14. The Nasdaq up 14. Again, it's tied towards Apple is moving the Nasdaq. I don't like that, but it is what it is. I own shares of Apple. Apple sitting at $512 a share, up nine buckaroos today. Um, it looks like there's going to be about 5 million iPhones available for the September quarter which is more than expected because last week there was reportedly a shortage. It also looks like Apple's going to be coming out with an iPhone that's gold-plated as well as an iPhone that's silver-plated. What I like about this is our phones are ugly. Even though they're skinny, they're ugly. The casing that we put them in, childish. Now, again, are you going to put your gold iPhone in a casing? Likely. Will people even know it's gold-plated? Not likely, if it's in a casing to protect it. Um, so maybe this is a total curveball that, you know, has leaked just to mess with people's minds. Uh, I don't have the answer to that, but I do find it intriguing. So, other stories of note today is China probe of J.P. Morgan since chill through the investment banks because to do business in China, you've kind of had to bribe. And bribing is against SEC rules in order to get business. So all the big banks are saying, hey, how do we hire or how do we get business in China? They're all asking the question because J.P. Morgan's under the screw for that. little group love, little Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me online at robblack.com. Don't forget to get the big event coming up. Los Gatos, the cat. Meow. A little under a month, sign up at robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Public cloud. Cloud security. Cloud access. sourcing. These days, a lot of people are talking about the cloud. Macronos. 
Flynn, three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.